Hi everyone, welcome to the Allie on the Run show. I'm your host, Allie Feller, and I'm excited to have you here for episode eight of the show, which is also the first episode in my new top 10 Tuesdays series. Each Tuesday, I'll release an episode that follows the top 10 theme in some way. Some weeks I'll have guests on the show to share their lists, like my very funny friend Lucy sharing 10 things that went through her head during her first half marathon, or Brian sharing 10 things he's learned as the husband of a runner. These episodes won't keep you here too long. They're perfect listens for your commute, your daily dog walk, or your cruise through the grocery store. They're always planned but never scripted, and the idea is that you'll walk away from each episode feeling entertained. You might laugh, I'll try to get you to cry at least once, and you'll probably want to take notes along the way. So let's kick things off. I'm here today to talk about the 10 people who have most profoundly changed my running life. All right, so I should preface this list by saying that I wanted to acknowledge the 10 people who have really profoundly impacted my running life, and that is hard to do because there are a lot of really influential people in my life, but... Ultimately, I narrowed it down to the people who have had the most positive impact on who I am today as a runner. I've been running since 2008, so almost a decade now, and I started running later in life. So I'm not someone who was an athlete growing up. I was not on the track team. I've been learning this all as I go along. So without further ado, and apologies in advance to the people that you know I love you, and just because you're not on this list does not mean you shouldn't be. This could be a list of like 100 people who have changed my running life. But it's 10, so let's get started with number 10. That person is Bethany Lyons. Bethany is not a runner. Bethany is my yoga instructor. She is the co-owner and co-founder of Lion's Den Power Yoga here in New York City, and I met her a couple years ago, a bunch of years ago, when she was teaching classes at Crunch Gym, which is where I used to work out, and I was really drawn to her teaching style. She was really inspiring without like doing the whole canned motivation thing, which I think is pretty lame. I've taken enough fitness classes at this point in my life to feel like there are some teachers who I swear they grab their phone right before class and they Google like inspirational phrases or they look on Pinterest for memes and then they go into class and they just spout them out, and that's not my style. Bethany has always really pushed me and empowered me and believed in me and I'm super grateful for that and she's not a runner but she totally gets that I am and she's so supportive of that and she keeps me mentally strong off the road so anytime I'm not running or I'm at yoga She's the one that's really helping me out with my mental game. She taught me how to meditate. She led me through a 40 days of yoga program, which was really empowering and I felt super strong at the end of it. And she's just someone who has taught me the importance of focus. Bethany, because she's a yoga teacher, she's big on meditation, but not like the preachy, weird meditation, which, you know, whatever works for you, but Bethany's is really about presence and mindfulness and tuning into your body. And I think as a runner, that's something I really had to learn is how to, instead of ignore the pain or ignore anything my body is feeling, is I've learned how to tune into it and how to respond. And that's not something that I learned through running. It's something I learned in yoga and was able to translate to running. So Bethany, thank you for that. Number nine is my friend Emily Faraday. 
Emily and I met thanks to the good old internet. Uh, we became Twitter friends a couple years ago. She was writing for the Huffington Post and she was talking about her training leading up to her first marathon. At the same time, I had been training for mine and writing about it on my blog. I think she found my blog, eventually we connected. Um, and I felt so cool because I was getting shout outs on the Huffington Post and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm famous. Um, and then we finally met in real life at November Project. Emily is the person who got me to go to my first November Project workout. I had been wanting to go for a while, but I had been sick with a Crohn's disease flare and I was too nervous to go. It's also like November Project is totally welcoming, but it can be a little intimidating, especially as these groups grow. It's like you're showing up as a newbie and there's 200 people there. Uh, that can feel weird, but rest assured that of the 200 people, you will not be the only new person at any given workout. So find comfort in that. But I was really glad to have Emily there for my first November Project workout. Even though we hadn't met in real life yet, um, she was there and we just hit it off right away. Now she's one of my favorite people, one of my greatest friends. She was at my wedding. Um, and the other thing I love about Emily is A, she's gotten really fast. I don't know what her time was for her first marathon. I know it was somewhere in the four hour range. And now she is so fast and she's done it through good old fashioned hard work. So I really respect that when she is training for something, whether it's a 5K or a marathon, she focuses on her training and she is not worried about what everyone else is doing or about how far someone else ran that day. She's able to really focus on her training and I think that's hard to do or at least that's hard for me to do sometimes. I know that I tend to go down the path of like, I love Strava, it's one of my favorite apps, but sometimes I go out for a five mile easy run and then I see that everyone I know did like a nine mile tempo or a really hard track workout and I'm like well now my run doesn't feel as cool and my run was cool so I shouldn't feel that way but Emily is really really good about focusing on her training and putting in the work and she gets results so th those are uh, really good footsteps for me to follow in. Uh, number eight, Sarah Beanie. If you saw any of my posts or pictures from the 2016 New York City Marathon, you know that I did not run that race alone. I mean, of course, when you're running the New York City Marathon, you're never really alone. There are 50,000 runners and like a million, some many millions of spectators throughout the five boroughs of New York City. Sarah Beanie is... She has two sons, they're both teenagers, so needless to say, there is a significant age difference between Beanie and I. I call her Beanie, everyone calls her Beanie. Uh, we met through November Project and she, part of me wants to say that she's like a mother figure to me, but she's really just a friend who happens to be a little bit older. Beanie and I run together all summer. We would meet on Thursday mornings and do hill workouts together. And neither of us had the training we wanted for the New York City Marathon. I got sick. She was having some injuries and just wasn't able to do the training that she really wanted to do. And we kind of, right before the race, neither of us were really sure if we were going to run it. And we were like, well, what if we do it together and we just do what we can? So we started and finished that race together. We ran the first 10 miles side by side, feeling good, chatting. Then it kind of started to hurt. We took a lot of walk breaks. We just, we were really in sync with each other and really understanding of what the other person needed, no matter the mile marker. And I... I say that without her, I may not have started the race, but I definitely would not have finished. We spent 
that entire race just looking at each other in disbelief like, oh my gosh, we're doing it. Because I was still really sick. But we crossed that finish line together hand in hand running and it was one of the best days of my life and Sarah Beanie made that happen for me. Number seven, the sweat squad. Back when I started training for my first marathon, the year was 2011, and I was—I still felt pretty new to running, and I was definitely new to distance running, and I would see the same people in Central Park every single morning, and if you live in New York City, if you run in the park, you know that that's the case. You know that you see the same people, and I would always see these girls who were fast. I would see them on the bridal path, which is the dirt path in Central Park, one of my favorite places to run, and one morning I was on my way out of the park and they were starting to run and they they didn't know I was done and they said do you want to run with us and that was the day that I felt like a runner I you know I was one of those people that didn't identify as a runner even though I clearly was but then when these girls Kelly Lindsay Maggie and Megan when they said do you want to run with us I was like oh my gosh because they're all really fast and I was like they're inviting me to join them they think I'm a runner and I didn't feel like a fraud. I felt like I belonged and like they thought I belonged and it was really validating for me. And from then on, we did a lot of our runs together. I ran my first 15 miler ever with them and we would do a lot of our easy recovery runs together and they just were always by my side and always supporting me as I trained for my first marathon, which was the Hamptons Marathon in 2011. So I'm not sure I would have gotten through marathon training or at least enjoyed it as much as I did that first time around without them. Number six, Mary Wittenberg. Again, if you have been in the running scene in any capacity, you probably know who Mary Wittenberg is. She is the former head of the New York Roadrunner. She put on the New York City Marathon for years. Now she is heading up Virgin Sport. Uh, so like, she basically works with Richard Branson, which is pretty cool. Mary is such a force in the running community. She's such a positive role model and She's just so nice. If you've ever seen Mary running, which first of all, you can recognize her stride from a million miles away, she always has a smile on her face. It doesn't matter if she's racing, if she's hurting, if she feels great. Mary is always smiling, and she reminds me that this running community is so special. Here's a story. We're at the start line, or we're not quite at the start line. It was the New York City Marathon morning this past year, 2016, and I was sick, so I was a little bit, I wasn't in my head, but I was definitely worried. I was worried about my stomach, and I was in the VIP tent. I was very fortunate to have access to that tent and its plentiful semi-private porta-potties, which I needed and came in handy, um, and Mary was in the VIP tent, and Mary had never run the New York City Marathon. She had put the race on for years, but she had never gotten to just be a participant, so she was like, first of all, so excited to be seeing it from the other side. But also she was just like realizing she was a participant. She like hadn't checked her bag yet. And she was so funny just being like, oh, I have to check this. What time do I have to do that? And we're all like, Mary, how do you not know? But it's because she had never run the race before. And she, I had a Sharpie with me and I like to always write something in Sharpie on my hand before a big race. So I had written, you got this, which was kind of in honor of Project Start and our mantra, which is, P.S. You got this, but also just reminding myself that even though I'm sick, I got this. So I wrote you got this on my hand in Sharpie and Mary saw. And she was like, oh, will you write on me? And I'm like, and I know Mary. I mean, we do November Project together. Like I've interacted with her, run with her plenty of times, but it's still kind of cool to like interact with Mary. And she was like, will you write on me? 
And I'm like, sure. So she asked me to write all of her different groups that she wanted represented on her. She wanted to represent New York Roadrunners, Team for Kids, which is their official charity. She wanted November Project. She wanted Harlem Run. And so I'm like writing in Sharpie on Mary's hand and on her shoulder. And so it's cool because if you see pictures from Mary running the 2016 New York City Marathon, you can see my handwriting on her. And Mary just reminds me that this community is so special and that everyone can find a group in which they feel they belong and that runners, you're never alone when you're running. They're, it's just so much bigger than that. And that's so special. Number five is not a person. Number five is my dog, Ellie. <laughs> I'm totally cheating by putting her on this list. But as soon as I got Ellie, I was reminded to just run for the joy of it and that there's no sense in dwelling on a bad run. Like if Ellie goes outside and has a bad walk, she doesn't care. She comes back inside and she takes a nap and she lives the best life ever. And then she goes for another walk later and it's the best walk of her life. So I know that sounds oversimplified and silly, but the other thing is that when we got Ellie uh, about a year and a half ago, I was really in my head about running. I wasn't enjoying it. I was maybe a little overtrained. I just wasn't feeling it. And I was wasting so much time on my runs. I would stop and check Instagram. I would stop and check my email. And like a five mile run was taking me like over an hour because I was wasting time. The minute that we got Ellie, I never wanted to waste time on the run again because I wanted to get home to her. So my running got so much better once I got a dog I was a little less motivated to get up and out of bed in the morning because I just wanted to cuddle with her, but I stopped walking up hills because I wanted to get up them faster. I stopped checking Instagram because I wanted to get home to my dog. So Ellie, thank you for making my runs more efficient and productive. Number four, of course you had to see this one coming, is Coach Kane. Coach Kane was my first ever running coach, and I should just do a whole episode about him because he has had a lasting effect on me. He Fun fact, was our officiant when Brian and I got married. He's the one that married us, which is cool because he was there when we all met. I met Coach Kane in 2011, training for my first marathon through Jackrabbit Sports and the marathon program that they were doing. If you want to learn more about that, listen to episode two of the Alley on the Run show when I talked to my husband, Brian, because that's how we met. But Coach Kane, not only did he take me under his wing, but so did his wife, Nicole, and they, the two of them were just so instrumental in basically teaching me how to run and teaching me how to train for a race. He taught me the importance of rest days, and his wife, Nicole, taught me the importance of not trying to, quote, win the warm-up, because I used to run with their group, and I would, like, try to sprint to start the workout, because I felt like I had to keep up, and he was just like, easy girl, like, this is just the warm-up, you're not trying to win it, or just winning the workout in general, just relax, save it for a race day. And I'll do a whole separate episode because the running lessons that the two of them have taught me have just made me understand running. And when you're new to it, it's hard to understand all that, you know, running, running can be as simple as just going out the door and going for a run. But it can also, if you're training for something, you have to understand rest and recovery and hard efforts and the difference between a tempo and a track workout. I didn't know any of that. I was totally starting from scratch and Coach Kane and his wife Nicole are the ones that broke that down for me and that was really, really helpful. The number three person on my list is Brian Cristiano, my dear, wonderful, very patient husband. Brian is a cyclist and he's a competitive cyclist. So Brian totally gets the competitive self-driven aspect of being an endurance athlete. But 
beyond the physical stuff, Brian is the reason that my mental game is in, let's say, fairly a fairly solid state right now. Uh, it took many pep talks and a handful of tears along the way, but Brian does a really good job of helping me to understand why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. He has also done a good job of knowing when to have those conversations. It might not be when I'm, you know, super frustrated after a bad run or if I'm upset after having a race that didn't go the way that I wanted or that I had trained for. So Brian is kind of my, like, I wouldn't call him a therapist because he's not one, but I will call him my, like, personal sounding board and the person who is best at talking to me about what's going on. He's also the best darn spectator in all the land. He sees me at so many points during every race. He's always at the finish line. He drives. He's just like superstar spectator. So if you have a race coming up and you want someone on the sidelines, call Brian. He'll do a really good job. He's very supportive. We're into the top two now. The number two person who has most dramatically changed my running life is my dear friend, Emily Halman. You may remember her as the first ever guest on the Alley on the Run show. Go back and catch episode one. Emily and I, again, we met through Twitter. It was, it was magic. She paced me to my, what still stands as my marathon PR at the Manchester City Marathon in 2012. Here's the greatest, Emily taught me a lot of great running lessons. The single greatest one she taught me was not every race will be a PR or a personal record. Because when I really started running and racing and training in 2011, I hadn't done many races before that. So all of a sudden I'm doing 5Ks, 10Ks, 5 miles, 4 miles, 10 miles, half marathons. Every single race I ran in the span of a couple months was a PR. I was getting faster. I was getting fitter. I was understanding it. And then one day I ran a 10K and it wasn't a PR. And I was like devastated. It wasn't a goal race. It wasn't something I trained specifically for, but I was so bummed because I was like, wait, but I've won for myself. I've won every race I've done, you know, not actually won, but like for me, I've beat myself. And then all of a sudden I didn't. And she is a very seasoned runner. And she was like, well, yeah, feller, not every run is, not every race is going to be a PR. And I had to really accept that. And of course now it's like no big deal. And yeah, of course not every race is a PR. But at the time that was a lesson I really needed to learn and something I really needed to hear from someone who had been there because it was really instrumental in my growth and development and maturity as a runner. That brings us to the top spot, drum roll. The number one person who has changed my running life is Megan Conroy. Conroy, are you listening? I hope so. Megan Conroy was my Craigslist success story roommate. In 2007, I graduated from college and I wanted to move to New York City to be a magazine editor. So I got the job, I commuted from Connecticut for a while, I don't recommend a three-hour commute each way. It will steal your soul. And so I went on Craigslist, found some roommates, and Conroy was that roommate. There were also two others in there with us, but Conroy, she was a runner. And I remember moving in and, you know, kind of peeking into her room, and she had all these medals on her wall. And I just kind of looked, and I was like, what are those? I was not a runner. And she was like, those are half marathon medals. And I was like, what is half marathon? I'd like never even heard the term. And 
she was like, it's, I run and I run these races. And I was like, what does that, like, I had no idea. And then she would get up every morning and she would go for a run. And eventually I wasn't dancing anymore. I wasn't really, you know, I had joined the gym, but I hadn't gotten into the groove yet. And so she was like, why don't I take you shopping for a real pair of running shoes? We'll get you on the treadmill, get you fitted. And she got me my first pair of shoes and encouraged me to go for my first run, which lasted a whopping two and a half minutes. I made it, actually, I don't even think it was that long. It was like 30 seconds. I ran the distance of two lamp posts along the East River in Manhattan. But of course, then the next day I wanted to run three lamp posts, four or five. Eventually, I ran my first full mile. She got me to sign up for my first race. She signed up and ran my first half marathon with me. So without Megan Conroy, I wouldn't even be a runner. I would never have taken those first few steps. I am, of course, so grateful that I did. Megan lives in LA now, but whenever I see her, we, of course, make sure that we break a good sweat together. She stayed with me the night before Brian and I got married. She was my, you know, I wanted to rekindle our roommate ship, and so I made her stay in my hotel room for me with me for a sleepover the night before I got married. Uh... Yeah, so those are my people and my dog. I am so grateful for all of them. And I hope that this list has inspired you to think about some of the people who have changed and impacted your running life. And there you have it. Thank you so much for joining me for the first episode of Top 10 Tuesdays. And thank you to my 10 people for keeping me running safely, smartly, happily, and mostly healthily. As always, you can follow me on the run and usually with my dog on Instagram and Twitter at AllieOnTheRun1 or on my blog, AllieOnTheRun, which is AllieOnTheRunBlog.com. There's a podcast tab on my blog where you can find all the Allie on the Run Show episodes as well as links and show notes for each. There's lots of good information in there, people. Check back on Thursday for episode 9 when I'll be talking with Sarah Conklin of Once Upon a Lime fame. Until then, have a great day and thanks for joining me on the run.